Nice. No. Yeah, I guess technically, you know, I, I should have like a clapboard, you know, like on a movie <laughs> oh, set. Yeah. That would be cool. We should do that. <laughs> Can we make it penis themed? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it would have to be right. But it has yeah. to have a floppy arm. Yeah, yeah. Flaccid. Like it just makes a slapping noise. Yeah, it's less of a less of a clap, more of a slap. Yeah. <laughs> that's anytime oh, I can work into a penis shaped object, you know, that's a that's a plus. Yeah, it's it's kind of our mandate, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little um, juvenile and a little uh, like un unencompassing, I guess. But uh, sure. you know, it, it's. You know what's what's men's live without a little uh, juvenile, <laughs> you know, being a little juvenile. So yeah, we didn't even talk about um, instead of using the uh, the microphone for the for the modcast logo. You know, just making it a big dick. <laughs> you know that was I. I'm pretty sure I had that in mind, and I really wanted to suggest that. But like, there's only a certain amount of uh, uh, being a 14 year old boy that I can really admit <laughs> at once. So. I think the early drafts of the Mars symbol actually had a penis, but they decided it was a little bit too direct. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I'm not sure if, like, Apple Podcasts would have been okay with that. Yeah. Like, we would have had to label our, our podcast not safe for work. Maybe if it was, like, a, like the, the blurred out Mars symbol. Just the tip. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Men's Live Modcast. I am Matthew, a.k.a. Cicero's Assassin. I'm joined today by two of our moderators who have not been on the show before. Um, we have Initiate Penguin. Hello, Penguin. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Glad that you, uh, glad that we found a time that worked for you to come on the show. Yeah. Uh, and we also have Mick, a.k.a. Anhedonius Rex. Hello, Mick. How's it going? Good. Yeah, it's a kind of a brand new crew for for episode four. Yeah, here. So, mix it up. Yeah, this should be fun. I think Bree might be listening in secretly, but yeah. he's he's taking a bye week. We'll just we'll talk shit on him. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh hey, cool. actually, before we start, what's the can we can we swear? Oh yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> because that'll actually <laughs> happen. That. Yeah. We haven't had any complaints about it so far. Okay. Don't and every like, once in a while, you just have to let it fly. Yeah, I don't want to like you know hurt our Patreon donations <laughs> or anything. You know. Yeah. So uh, th- this this will be fun. We've got a we've got you know a little bit of a different perspective on um, what's been going on in the subreddit with uh, with two new moderators coming on the show. So mm-hmm. um, why don't we go ahead and jump into some substance? I know uh, both of you had at least one topic you wanted to bring up. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, uh, Penguin, do you want to go first, actually? Um, yeah. Um, so I joined in the middle of this last year, but one of the first things that we kind of started doing was, uh, reading a lot of stuff about men's liberation, about where the movement came from and giving a more broader education to our community about what it means to us and what it has been historically. And one of those things that kind of gets hit on sometimes is actually how men's liberation kind of started with a really heavy left-wing and anti-capitalist movement. But through its absorption into feminism, it kind of just became a little bit more about gender equality, kind of left a lot more of that politics involved. So one thing I've liked about going back to some of these original texts is seeing that really um, 
in your face level of uh, politics that's also involved in the whole situation. And um, so the, I found out that there was this older part of the subreddit and another subreddit called Men's Library that you guys used to do book clubs with. And so when it came around to Liz Plank's AMA, a couple of the mods got together and read her book in preparation for the AMA. And how that went is kind of another story. But through that, <laughs> then uh, Mike had a bunch of uh, books that he had found about kind of the old primary text that we can go back to and look about how the, the movement has changed and how it started. And so he, he mailed me one of those books straight to my door. And then uh, we read that and decided we were going to open up that reading to the community by reopening Men's Library as kind of like an open book club for anybody who wanted to read the book with us. Yeah. And how's that? How's it been going? So you guys, uh, I know you started uh, reading Liz Plank's book, mm -hmm. uh, but then this this other one came along, this uh, kind of foundational text from what back yeah. in the, the 70s. Yeah, from 1975, uh, Men's Liberation, A New Definition of Masculinity by Jack Nichols. Um, he was um, an activist in the 70s and um, was involved in what we call the Men's Liberation Movement, um, which was uh, a movement that kind of started um, around the same time as the sexual revolution, but just kind of geared a little more towards men, uh, specifically about how society constrains them into gender roles and ultimately has them lead unhappy lives because of it. Um, we, uh, started reading it over the course of a month, reading a couple of chapters at a time. And every week we would, uh, have a discussion thread on the men's library subreddit talking about what we had read. And he was a really amazing figure too. Um, one of the things that, uh, it just kind of like when I was first finding out who these people were and, um, the, you know, these books and texts and stuff like that, just looking up his Wikipedia, like he, if I'm recalling from memory, he's led the first, um, uh, gay liberation protest on the White House uh, grounds. Um, oh, wow. Like, he's a really, like, fascinating figure. And it's yeah. just kind of amazing that, um, you know, I guess kind of like you could say one of the founding fathers of the men's liberation movement and uh, uh, almost kind of lost to time in a way. Like, it's it's cool that we're, rediscov we're rediscovering them uh, and um, seeing what just 50 years ago people were talking about. And Shockingly, it's not very different from what we're talking about right now on the subreddit. Right. Yeah, I'm, I've got my my copy out, and uh, I just I love the very first paragraph of the of the introduction. So um, he says, "The shackled male can free himself only if he allows himself to be somewhat imaginative. Men lacking imagination cannot conceive of a life better than the one they know. When discomforts overwhelm them, they will realize they are suffering bondage. But most men born in cultural captivity walk their cells weighted by invisible chains. And man, if that is not just spot on the kind of stuff that we talk about on Men's Lib all the time, I don't absolutely. know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I was not able to participate in the in the Men's Library discussion, but um, did you guys have some good takers on that? Um, we started out with the the first thread. We uh, got a dozen people who were interested, which compared to the community at large is not a lot. But um, that also then kind of went down as the book went on. People's lives are busy and people didn't continue to come through. But there was sure. another user who did stay to the end. And between us, I thought it was good conversation. Um, the goal was just to have the opportunity for people to read along with us. We were going to read anyways. So with that, I still think it's a success. But as far as when we're going to do another, if we're going to do another and what it's going to be, we're not exactly sure just because of the, uh, the amount of time it takes on the moderation side to prepare and monitor those threads. 
Yeah, for sure. That ended up being sort of the the challenge that that's that's why it kind of went um, went dormant there for a little while was um, either lack of uptake or just the amount of work that it took to try to set the schedule and make sure that there was a, a weekly reading assignment and a weekly thread. And like you say, people's people's lives are busy. And, you know, we're also we're also minding the the broader men's lib store the whole time. So I also um, knew like, as I was reading, if I was taking notes, the process of reading and digesting the book was twice as long because I wanted yeah. to make really thought out posts as well. Yeah. So for sure. even on the reader side for someone who really does want to read the book, it can be a lot to then also contribute meaningfully in a discussion like we have. And I think there's a component to the online aspect of the book club as well. That makes it harder. Like, uh, in my opinion, in-person book clubs are just, um, the, it's it's a little bit easier to get engaged and stick with it. Um, that was my problem. I I was like all gung ho about this, and then I'm pretty sure I like ducked out like right away. So <laughs> life. Well, we have talked about in the past. You know, libraries have more than just books in them. We've thought about maybe even opening up the uh, the field of what men's library can can handle to include. You know, like maybe. It, everybody gets a film and watches it all together. And then yeah. we just have one big thread about uh, that film or something. So uh, maybe that's mm-hmm. something we'll have to revisit. Yeah. Listeners, if you're, if you're interested in that at all, um, make sure you're dropping any, you know, suggestions or if you have anything that you think would be a good reading or something to watch for that, um, please drop them in, in the, uh, in the modcast thread as well. Um, and go and subscribe at uh, men's library. Well, cool, guys. Um, yeah, there was a there was another interesting post that I think uh, Penguin wanted to talk about um, this issue. This was actually something that uh, our friend Bree submitted, and it was uh, what our our top scoring link for the past week: um, the hidden crisis in rural America, a lack of mental health services. Yeah, so I don't know if many people know the problem in rural America when it comes to hospitals and healthcare and medical services. Um, you might have been hearing a little bit more about telemedicine lately, which is basically where you can go online and talk to your doctor or have them give you advice or give you um, some kind of prognosis remotely so you don't have to go to your hospital because a lot of people are having a higher difficulty in getting access to both trained physicians, but then also to the physical locations of their hospitals. Um And so I also moderate a subreddit for the state of Texas, and I have a lot of information that that can kind of paint a picture of how this is a problem for our state, which then can kind of extrapolate out. So I don't know if you just want me to kind of like read my notes here. I kind of have it in like a paragraph format, but... Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So Texas has the highest rate of uninsured people at 17% of the population, and that number has been growing for the past few years. Rural counties have had a disproportionate amount of those that are uninsured. The Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, used to require mental health as a, quote, essential health benefit. But Trump has rolled back those requirements, among others, to allow insurance companies to skirt basic coverage while also being able to offer more useless, all by cheaper plans. It doesn't help either that the Texas Attorney General is leading the effort in making the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. Texas also hasn't expanded Medicaid, even though 90% of it would be paid for by the federal government, and those states which didn't are at higher risk for hospital closures. Texas has closed more hospitals than any other state, which isn't necessarily surprising because of its relative size and population, but another rough 10% of Texas's hospitals are at high financial risk of closing. For Alabama, 50% of all hospitals are high risk for closure. For Mississippi, it's 48% which contains 61% of all essential hospitals for the state. Jeez. 
Texas also has a very large rural population. In the next 10 years, the rural population will grow to be larger than nine other states. Despite that, people generally don't want to live there. Only a minority of rural counties have had any growth at all, and those that did had zero natural growth. Almost a quarter of rural counties had negative growth exacerbated by natural death. Rural healthcare costs tend to be more expensive because their populations skew both young and old. The problem is getting physicians out to these rural areas where people generally don't want to live, particularly those with higher educations. The Texas Panhandle is the worst off physicians with a massive deficit, and many other graduates tend to leave the state for other states that have more open residency positions. Telemedicine and new training programs with legislative solutions will help, but it's going to be a while before these trends start to continue. That's the big picture. Now you apply the fact that these men are likely to participate in risk-taking behaviors, are more likely to get hurt on the job, and less likely to seek preventative care, and you have yourself a men's issue. If you're a minority, gay, or in prison, it only becomes more amplified. Yeah, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head. It it reminds me of how you kind of started talking about you know the the genesis of the men's liberation movement. And how so many of these, and we've talked about this on the show before, how many, how so many of these men's issues are also very much class issues and politics issues, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, you know, there, there's a candidate running for uh, president right now who is saying that we absolutely need to have, you know, free at point of service healthcare uh, universally across the country, Several including including mental health care. That's, sure. that's the thing yeah. that, that uh, kind of sets that apart, I think. Um, so, yeah, this, this isn't just identity politics. It's, you know, real, you know, class conscious politics that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I thought was crazy when it comes to these other rural states like Alabama and Mississippi, you kind of hear about how their public services are also being cut uh, more than some other states. So states, stats like where 50% of their hospitals are at risk or 61% of them are essential to their communities. It's really disastrous for those communities if those things actually come to pass. Right. Yeah. And we had a number of people in the thread on this article, um, kind of confirming, you know, from their own, their own personal experiences talking about, you know, like, I'm a trans man from Alabama. I, you know, I grew up in a working class town in Iowa and the, you know, the, the suspicion that people have there of, you know, you know, the, the nanny state or government taking control. It's like, we, we recognize, you know, the people around me are recognizing that we have this, you know, mental health care crisis, but also they vote against, you know, the Mm -hmm. politicians who want to help address that. Right. And it's, it's also like the, there's such a cultural component, too, because it's um, so I grew up in a pretty rural state in a pretty rural area uh, on a farm and uh, just and I also uh, suffer from a lot of mental health issues and um, just the visibility of mental health issues um, and the ability to just in, uh, talk about it is really difficult. Like, um, like even still, I can't really talk about it with my parents. I have to tell them I have anxiety. I can't tell them I have depression. You know, it's just like, there's a, uh, there's a, when it comes Which to those things are things, not the same either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like <laughs> one's like, it's not like I'm sad versus depressed. <laughs> right. You know, one's like, Oh, I'm just a little fidgety or the other one's like, I, I don't want to get out of bed, you know, like, um, and I, I don't want to make, make light of, uh, anxiety cause that's, you know, de- devastating in its own right. But, um, mm-hmm. um, I think there's like a, um, maybe, a 
notion out there that it's less bad and it's okay, more okay to have that than the other. And especially in, in these more conservative rural communities, um, just saying you have a problem and you're not self-sufficient or something like that is, sure. uh, is, is a huge thing. Um, it's, it's hard to even just talk about it. Yeah. And that, and that probably goes for everybody. And, you know, as with so many of these other issues we talk about, there's the particular social overlay of expectations of masculinity, totally. you know, that it, that it hits men in maybe an additional way that it doesn't hit women as much. Yeah, they have to be the rock. So they they can't have another rock because they're the rock. Right. Right. And right. Yeah. And, and especially when you're in a in a community that's that's that thinks of itself as being very much based around those traditional values and, and kind of traditional model of what of what a man is and what his role is. And your yeah. local role models are gonna reflect that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're so much like I'm just kinda of thinking I think of my father and like um uh you know, he doesn't uh he lives far outside of um, of the nearest small town, and so like independence is a big thing for him. Um, uh, you know, like he plows his own roads. Uh, you know, does all the work on the farm himself, uh, things like that. So um, I've never heard him talk about his own issues, um, and it's just it's just part of the you know, the culture out there. It's just it's just um, it's too too bad that we're not a little bit more open. Yeah, sure, and and I think that that might be getting better. I mean, the the presence of this discussion on men's lib um, indicates to me that there are a bunch of people out there who would like to see that model change. Um, but it may be, you know, it may be more of a generational thing that Definitely. you know see younger men coming into those discussions and uh, being a little bit more open with their own issues and also more open about other men talking about their issues. So, I mean, that's, you can also see the internet as a tool to actually connect even from remote locations, whether that is for your healthcare and telemedicine or whether that's simply finding another community for you to talk about your problems with. For sure. Yeah. It's sometimes hard, even if you are the person who is okay opening up and being vulnerable, but finding someone else that you can be vulnerable with, um, especially when you're in an environment where that's not okay, uh, that can be really difficult. So like finding a community like men's labor, just, you know, a, uh, mental health community or a doctor online can be tremendous. Well, yeah, and it's it's such an important discussion. So, listeners, yeah, the the title of that post on Men's Lib, I think it's still hanging around on our front page, is mm-hmm. the, the hidden crisis in rural America. And there was a there was a pretty robust discussion going. So, we encourage you to go over and, and take a look at that and read read through some of the kind of personal perspectives that people had on this issue. There's also a self-post called A Short Story, Demystifying Medicine for Men. Um, I also got a good amount of of votes and is number nine for the week. I think I'll go next then because I think we're we're making pretty good time here. Um, We had a post called The ARCs Talk About Sexual Violence Project has announced new resources addressing sexual violence against men with disabilities. Now... We've had conversations in the past, a, a good number of them, about um, the issue of uh, sexual violence against men, and this was an interesting one to me because I had not thought about how I had not previously thought about how disability, and I think specifically they're talking about um, mental impairment, um, intersects with uh, the with that issue of of sexual violence. Um, so. Yeah, so there's a an organization called the Arc, uh, and they have you know they they've been working on um, this uh, let's talk about sexual violence 
project and they released these new these new resources um videos and training tools and all sorts of different um like charts and visual aids that uh might be helpful for uh addressing ad- addressing sexual violence and especially you know for people who are caretakers or health professionals um i did not know before you know the just the amazing prevalence of sexual violence against uh disabled men um which is i mean that's terrible but also you know kind of makes sense when you have people who either their their consent may be conditional or hard to get or you know they don't have the ability to speak to somebody about you know if somebody is abusing them so um i was really glad that we had this post uh and in fact our uh our wiki editing mod um unicorn um looked through here and uh added some resources into our our resources for men guide on this um i just thought it was a i, I don't know it's always uh, it's always encouraging when you see good organizations like this tackling mm-hmm. new aspects of this kind of issue. Yeah, more awareness is never a problem. Yeah, this um, this issue really ta- or it really um, showcases the intersections of a lot of different things that we talk about. Um, uh, just like uh, men not being seen victims of sexual violence, um, or uh, how having a disability or um, uh, you know, things like that, how those all combine together and just make a, a situation that's bad, even worse for an individual. Well, all right. I think that's, uh, I think that's that wrapped up. Was there anything, any other posts in particular you guys wanted to talk about while we're on or, uh, were we going to dip into the mailbag a little bit? Um, I just want to mention there were a couple posts on when it came to men and touch. Um, there was masculinity and physical touch, which is post number four, and bosom buddies, a photographic history of male affection, uh, which is number seven. And we kind of see those come by pretty often. People are like, oh, look at these photos in history. How about how these men were holding hands about how these uh, this man was sitting on this other man's lap and how in the, the more half century or even longer, how men have pulled away from that af- affection as a sort of reaction to subtle homophobia. And um, so we get them pretty regularly. We had some more this week, um, but there were, it reminded me of the recent World Series here in Houston. Uh, we hmm. had the the Astros who were playing, and they have a uh, a uh, Twitter photo that got passed around that a lot of people are sharing as positive masculinity. So I think I'm going to send it to you guys over the the hangout, and you guys can take a look at it. Sweet. Um, but those conversations about men and physical touch reminded me of this photo. Yeah, that so that post um, of the historical photos was actually probably my first introduction to, I guess, what we call like men's liberation. Um, I, I saw it years ago uh, and um, it came along with a comment on Twitter or something like that about how kind of like this is kind of a confluence of homophobia and sexism kind of harming men. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't really think about it that way. And, you know, that was kind of like the genesis for me. Yeah, we had one person in that in that thread who uh, posited a thing um, that I kind of pushed back on a little bit because they said, you know, statistically speaking, and I said, wait, are there actual statistics, or is this, <laughs> this just your your gut, your oh, gut no. check on this? Uh, so yeah, he's um, he's hyper rational. It's uh... <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, yeah. read well, the book. <laughs> <laughs> but the what what he what he sort of postulated was that 
basically men men still do touch each other in places where it's absolutely 100% unacceptable to be gay. Um, so you look at, uh, say, like Iranian men will still, you know, like walk arm in arm or mm. holding hands um, because you can't be gay legally in Iran, you know, whereas in say, you know, a Western country, um, you know, say, just take America, um, because being gay is seen as increasingly okay, then there's sort of a pressure to distance yourself from that by not, you know, giving off cues that you might be gay. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure that it's a completely baked theory. I mean, I think it kind of shows a double-edged sword. You can either... Uh, do these things and people think that you are gay when you are not and that can either go good or bad for you depending on the impression the other person gets and how they feel about it but at the same time if certain behaviors become coded to be a certain uh, sexuality if you are doing those things but you are not that sexuality other people can still be confused Um, which is why like liberation talks about the freedom to do whatever and a lot of times what we see in these conversations is where um, certain gender binaries or certain assumptions about gender are still asserted even in that pursuit. Um, the sort of thing where, um, and this is fine. It's, it's people's choice, but whether it's a, a trans person who still sees themselves as male or female after the transition, um, whether or not those same sort of binaries are still asserted and whether or not that's liberation or not. So, so what you're saying is that, uh, that men born in cultural captivity walk their cells weighted with invisible chains. <laughs> a, a, a little bit. And and even when you think you might be breaking them, you may just be adopting the other side of the coin. Yeah. yeah that's you good know, point. if you are holding hands or locking arms with a man and you think that other people think that that's gay, then that is just another enforcement of another expectation. It's not liberation. So it's more about stressing the freedom to do whatever and not being judgmental about those choices. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's tough advice to give somebody who is, uh, who's experiencing, you know, anxiety about their, their role. And I'm thinking of, you know, like particularly younger men who are still trying to figure out, you know, exactly, exactly what kind of man they want to turn into. It's also really hard in practice because half of that relationship may not be on the same page as you. They may not see liberation. They may not know about it. They may not be interested in it. So when you have a lot of people who are just opposed to it, you're not really able to interact on a relationship basis because the relationships aren't the same. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Well, you know, like we said about, you know, a couple of these other uh, topics, just the fact that people are having this discussion more and more and that, you know, posts like these tend to do pretty well on men's lib, even if it is sort of, uh, you know, a a lot of the discussion tends to be a lot of like rehashing um, the problem um, Mm -hmm. without necessarily finding the solution, but just raising awareness of that problem and having that discussion, I think is, is a step forward. Yeah. I think one thing that people can practice is whether it's dealing with racial stereotypes or uh, a situation that we're talking about here is when you see somebody performing an action or looking a certain way and you have a certain idea about who they are or what they do, even though you don't know them, is to take a moment and imagine there's something else. Whether it's, it's somebody who you think is um, 
you know, poor middle class or something like that, and they're in a neighborhood where you don't think they belong, if you take a moment, imagine them as a CEO because you don't know any better, that that can kind of build those mechanisms in your brain to stop those judgments from happening, to make those judgments not last. Um, and so this is good advice for anybody who's able to imagine these people in these other situations, but it's not good advice for people who are imagining people who would otherwise be dangerous. So if you are looking at somebody who is like a white supremacist or you think they might be, if you are in danger from that, you don't want to be practicing those things because it actually puts you at risk. Yeah, but, for sure. But for certain situations and for certain people, kind of doing those um, thought exercises can help break down those judgments and assumptions. Yeah, essentially what you're talking about is practicing empathy, right? Um, what's that that saying? Like, I don't know how to, how to tell you to care about other people. It's like, well, we kind of do. I mean, you can practice that, you know, tell them to practice doing it mm -hmm. and you get better at it yeah the next time you catch yourself thinking a negative thought about somebody who you don't even know who you've never had a conversation with take a moment and just think about if there's somebody else i think that's exactly right well folks i think we are uh, we're pretty much out of time here so um unless you guys had anything in particular that stuck out from the mailbag no i just had the one that i, that I had come across that men's lib was three guys stacked in a trench coat <laughs> or three feminists stacked in a right. trench coat yeah I, I, yeah, I was a little classic. disappointed this um, this week because the first thing I do in the morning is I, I load the mod mail and I just hope to see like all the the, the, the cringy uh, uh, messages calling us cucks. But uh, uh, I didn't see too too many of them this week. So yeah, we kind of <clears throat> we kind of got off easy this week, um, but there was one that I just loved. We got a this yes. this wasn't actually to men's lib. This was to our sister subreddit men's glib. Um, from a user who who sent us, hey, I'm trying to infiltrate liberal circles by pretending to be one of the cucks over on Men's Lib, but I'd still like to be active in small ways against it. Could I be made a mod of Men's Glib? <laughs> <sighs> to which uh, our friend Bree responded simply, read the mod list, period. It's <laughs> uh, really funny. Yeah, that's some, uh, that's some bad OPSEC, dude. You, you basically just gave your whole game away. Your, your name is known to us now. You're on the watch list. You're on the watch <laughs> list. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, just that's just sloppy work. That is sloppy infiltration. You don't even know who you're, who you're messaging. Maybe oh, they're trying well. to like double, double, triple cross us or something like that, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing 12-dimensional chess. And yeah, it's, it's, it's time for me to come clean. It was actually me yeah. using an alt. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just wanted to see what our opsec looked like. Right, yeah, you're just testing the the penetration tester. <laughs> yeah, penetration right. testing. <laughs> well, Penguin and Mick, this has been a delight. I'm so glad that uh, we found a time that worked for uh, both of you fellas to to come on. Yeah, yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah, um, folks, if you have enjoyed this discussion, make sure that you're visiting us um, on the main forum at Reddit dot com slash r slash men's lib and of course we're on twitter also at men's lib reddit and we do have the patreon going right now uh to help us you know take care of hosting costs and maybe at some point we can do what you know some of the other subreddits like uh ask historians did and you know buy a couple of copies of this men's liberation book and send them out as as raffle prizes or something like that so if you're interested in that and you want to help support the show please uh please come over to uh, patreon.com slash men's lib modcast and see if you could you know if you could throw us a, a buck a month we'd sure appreciate it so 
Um, I think that's it for the Men's Loop Modcast this week. Thanks once again to Initiate Penguin and Nick. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. everyone, for listening. Yeah. And we will uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you.